Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good to see all of you this morning. The end of Hebrews chapter 10, moving into Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. Confined like around Hebrews 10, 35, down through chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse 6. That'll be the passage we're going to look at this morning, and we are going to talk about faith this morning. It was something that was certainly relevant to the recipients of this letter, who under severe persecution were getting ready to basically throw in the towel and not be faithful followers of Jesus Christ any longer in their life. So this morning, we want to start out by talking about what faith is and then what faith does. I want to direct your attention, first of all, to the first three words of Hebrews chapter 11 in the net translation. It says, now faith is. What is faith? (laughs) You know, as Christians, we, we talk a lot about faith. We hear the word faith. What actually does faith mean? Well, Biblical faith, faith as God defines it in the Bible, is positively responding to God's revelation. See, faith always involves revelation. God reveals himself or something about himself or his plan to us, and then faith responds to him in a positive way. Faith always is a response. Even today, God is going to call on us to respond to Him in some way after being here today and hearing His Word. If we are not responding, then in a sense that is a response, and that is also then obviously not the kind of faith that God wants to see in His followers. That's why faith is actually different than belief in a technical, biblical sense. Because the Bible says that demons, the demons believe in God and tremble. See, it's one thing to know things about God, to know who God is. Obviously, even the demons at one time were in heaven and have a lot more even understanding about that place than we do even at that point. But their belief is not faith, obviously. Because they never got to a place, at least now, where they are continuing to respond in a positive way to what God is revealing to them. You see. So faith involves always a response. And it is a positive response to God revealing himself in our life. The other thing you'll note in the first three words of Hebrews 11 is that faith must always exist in the now. Now faith is. It's not enough for us to say, well, I had faith in God five years ago. That's great. Glad you had it five years ago. 
But faith must be an ongoing, in a sense, commitment to positively responding to God every day. In other words, every day that you and I get up, every day that we live, we must sort of recommit ourselves to positively responding to God and to what He's revealing to us in our life. If we don't, we can lose our faith. We can get to the place like the recipients of this letter who have gotten to a place in their life where they say, I'm done, I quit. That's why it's so important that we, as Christians, continue to spiritually grow in our life and prosper. Because at any point, I can have faith in God yesterday, but not today. You see. Which is why then if you go up to chapter 10, verse 35, the author says to them even before he gets into this passage on faith, so do not throw away your confidence. Obviously, in God, in the context, because it has great reward. For you need endurance in order to do God's will and so receive what is promised. For just a little longer, and he who is coming will arrive and not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I take no pleasure in him. Now, the author is trying to again wrap his arms around this congregation, this community of believers, and say, with everything I've got, I'm not going to let that happen to you. We're all in this together. So he says, and he's sort of trying to, to place some confidence in these folks. He says, but we, verse 39, are not going to be among those who shrink back and thus perish. But we are going to be those who continue to have faith and preserve our soul. See, faith must always exist in the now. Too many even professing Christians, their life of faith always exists in the past. If you start to talk to them about God moving in their life and their ministry for the Lord and their service, it's always, well, back here. What about now? What about right Now, because I could have great faith in God five years ago and be totally non-existent in faith today. And so the author says to all of us, let's not get to a place like the recipients of this letter where what they were going through was causing them to almost cast aside their confidence in God, their faith in God. He says, You and I all need supernatural hang-in-there strength that only comes from God in order to do His will. Hebrews 10.36. That's what endurance is. It's not something that you and I can build up from within ourselves. It's something that we receive from the Lord. And he says, you and I all need endurance to do God's will. And to receive what He has promised us. So that's what faith is. Faith is a positive response to God revealing himself to us. And it always must exist in the now. Now I want to talk for a few moments about what faith does. Because more than a definition of faith at this point in the letter to the Hebrews, he's really sort of describing faith, not defining it. 
And so beginning in verse 35 of chapter 10, down through verse 39 of chapter 10, the first thing we see that faith does is that faith in God equals victory in life. Faith in God equals victory in life. And let me share with you from the Bible what God considers victory to be. First of all, it's not throwing away our confidence in God, verse 35. It is enduring. It is going through the challenges of life, not bypassing them, not driving around them. It is enduring them. It is relying on the supernatural hang-in-there strength that only God can give us. And it is only when you and I are willing to remain and hang in there and go through things, even the very difficult things that may be in our life, are we really going to not only be rewarded by it, but truly receive what is promised and see how God can work through even the depths of our life that come in this life. He encourages them with this. Look, a little while. And he's going to come. And when he comes, it's going to happen like that. And then, quoting from the Old Testament, he says, My righteous one will live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, if you were here with us through our study of Habakkuk, that's the quote. The righteous, those who are aligning themselves with God, can only live by continually responding in a positive way to God's revelation. That's the only way that we can live life. That's the only way that we can experience life. And then he goes on to say, but if he or she shrinks back, was a military term in Bible times. It meant to withdraw, to retreat, to back off, to stand down, to give up. It literally meant, I'm walking off the battlefield now. And that's what these folks were getting ready to do. They were, instead of stepping forward and stepping out in faith in God and continuing to make progress and move forward and see victory in their life, they were allowing the circumstances of their life and the trials of their life and the troubles of their life to back them off and back them down. They were like a turtle moving back into its shell. They were withdrawing. They were retreating. They were backing off. They were giving up. And notice the Bible says from God, if someone who's following me shrinks back, I take no pleasure in that. They will not gain my approval. I will not say to them, well, well done, good and faithful servant. God never wants us to shrink back. Some of you may be in a season of your walk with the Lord where you have shrunk back. Where instead of continuing to move forward and make progress and see victory in your life, you are allowing life now to dictate to you. And instead of stepping forward and stepping out and serving the Lord and getting involved and getting engaged and following the Lord's will for your life, you are continuing to retreat. You are continuing to back off. You are continuing to step back instead of stepping forward. Now again, he says in verse 39, we are not among those. If at all possible, the author is saying, I'm not going to let that happen to us. Because we're all in this together, and we talked about that last week. 
And we are not going to shrink back and therefore perish. The word perish doesn't mean we're going to die or we're going to lose our salvation. The word perish means that we can lose, though, what is truly worthwhile and of value in this life. That's what the word perish means. God never wants to see those who profess to follow him to lose out and miss out on what is truly worthwhile and valuable. He wants us to actually be smack dab involved and right at the center of everything that is worthwhile and valuable that we can be in this life. And if we do that, we must continually have faith, verse 39, so that we preserve our own soul. What's that mean? Well, again, this speaks about why faith in God can only equal victory in life. We live in a day and an age, and it just continues to increase and increase, where people are saying things, and even Christians, like, I don't know who I am. I need to find myself. I'm doing this and that and the other thing because I'm trying to discover who I am. Folks, that's what our soul is. And the only way that even a Christian can preserve their soul, in a sense, and, and discover and become who God created us to be is through faith in God. And from God's perspective, that's real victory in life. When you and I in this life become who God created us to be and saved us to be. That's preserving our soul. And yet even Jesus said to the rich young man, he said, you can get to a place in this life where you can gain the whole world. And you and I can have everything the world has to offer and yet lose our soul. Lose who we really are. How many people today don't even know who they really are? They have no idea why God created them, who they are, what they're supposed to be doing in life. They don't know their own soul. They have somewhere throughout life lost their soul. In the sense, not that they're not saved, but that they're not living out on this earth who God created them and made them to be. And God says, only through continual faith in me and responding positively to my revelation can you and I ever discover who God created us to be and become who God created us to be. Amen. <laughs> so faith in God equals victory in life. See, victory in life from God's point of view is when you and I can endure the things that life brings to us. When we have the strength from Him that we can go through the trials and tribulations of life and not retreat and not back down and not give up and not back off and not stand down, but continue to move forward in spite of everything that life brings our way. And victory from God's perspective is where you and I, by continual faith in God, preserve our own soul. We don't lose ourselves in this life. We don't lose who we are and who God created us to be, but we actually find ourselves and discover ourselves. But the only way human beings can do that is by faith in God. And that's why so many human beings today don't know who they are. They've never discovered who they are. They keep looking for who they are because they're trying to find out who they are apart from God, their creator. Impossible, I say to you. So faith in God equals victory in life. Faith in God also equals foundation in life. Notice chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is being sure 
of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. The word sure and the word convinced speaks of a firm foundation that supports everything above it. Again, how many people in this life are like, I can't be sure of anything. I wish I was more confident. I wish I could approach every day with confidence and surety and assurance and this firm foundation. Well, we can through faith in God. As you and I continually and positively respond to God's revelation in our life, we can be sure of things. We can be confident. We can have strong convictions that no matter what is going on around us or in our lives or whatever, we have this absolutely firm and settled and sure foundation. Isn't that exactly what Jesus himself said when he said to his followers in the Sermon on the Mount at the very end of the sermon? He said, I want to liken you to something. He said, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like someone who builds the house of their life upon a rock. And he says, the storms will come and the winds will blow and the rain will beat against that house. But that house will remain because of why it has a firm foundation. But he says, there's also another scenario. If someone hears these sayings of mine and does not positively respond to them, then they're building the life or the house of their life on sand. And when the winds and the rain and the storms and all that come, it will crumble because there's no firm foundation. Why do even so many who profess Christ today? not have that surety and that confidence because they're not positively responding to God's revelation in their life. They could be praising God. They could be all emotional about God. They could be actively serving God. They could be going through all the emotions of coming to church and all of these things. But none of that literally equates to positively responding to God and believing in Him. And in a sense, having faith in the faithfulness of God. It's only when we do that do we have that surety. So that's why, again, many people can visit a house of God and be serving God and, you know, all of these things and reading their Bible and filling themselves with all of this Bible information. But if I don't put my trust in it, if I don't take that step of positively responding to it, then in a sense, I'm just like the demons in the sense of, I believe... I've got the correct knowledge, but I've never gotten to a place where I'm literally entrusting myself and placing myself in the arms of God, in the loving arms of God, or in the hands of God that are very capable in saying, God, you got this. And until we do, we can never be sure. We'll never be sure about anything. We'll never have any confidence as we approach life. Any really strong convictions. We will be, as Paul says about many, who just are tossed like waves in the sea. Back and forth with whatever wind is blowing. Because there's no real foundation there because there's no faith in God. But when you and I do place our faith in God, that equals foundation for life. Third, 
Faith in God also equals purpose for life. Notice in verse 6, he says, Now without faith, it is impossible. Pretty strong word, but it means totally incapable of pleasing God. You know what our purpose should be every day as Christians? To wake up every day and say, Okay, God, this day, whatever pleases you, that's that's what I'm going to do. You show me what you want, God, for me today, and I'll do it. I just want to please you. That should be our purpose. And and when we have that kind of faith in God, that's what we wake up every day thinking about and focusing on. God, I want to please you today. I want to please you this week. I want to please you this month. So many folks today live to please themselves or please other human beings, but... Sad to say, many Christians do not live each and every day to please God above all. And that's only because it's only when you and I are positively responding to God continually will we live to please Him every day more than we're living to please ourselves or someone else. That's why God talks a lot in this passage about Him commending people of faith. Notice in verse 2, he says, For by it, faith, the people of old received God's commendation. What's God's commendation? It was literally a platform that God gave the people of faith to witness and to testify about the reality of Him in their life. That's God's commendation. That's purpose, my friends. See, in other words, God is saying, you don't have to search for your purpose in life If you have faith in me, you will find who you are and I will give you all the platform you need to be able to witness and testify about my reality in your life. That's why throughout Hebrews chapter 11, he's always then giving us examples throughout history of Christians who at that moment in their life was exhibiting faith in God. That's why in verse uh, 3, he talks about Abel's faith rather than Cain's faith. It says, by faith. Abel, or excuse me, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered up a greater or superior sacrifice than Cain. And notice, he was commended by God as righteous because God commended him for his offerings. And notice this, and through his faith, Abel is still speaking. He is leaving a lasting legacy and a lasting influence thousands upon thousands of years after he set foot on this earth. That's purpose, (laughs) See, God says, if you have faith in me, I will give you a platform that not only lasts for your life, but you and your life and your faith in me will continually be impacting people long after you're in heaven, just like Abel. That's purpose. That's why he talks about Enoch in verse 5. Enoch also, he says here at the end of verse 5, was commended as having pleased God. God gave all these people of faith platforms in their life. A platform to be able to witness and testify to the reality. Because God wants to. He wants to put us, His children, on display. Not in a way to build up our pride, but in a way to display His glory. So he says, if you have faith in me, I will make sure you have all the audience that that I want to give you. 
Because I want people to see your life and see how you live having faith in me. Because I want you, first of all, to be an example to other believers who can be encouraged by your life of faith. And I want you and your life to witness and testify to those who don't believe in me yet about how much better it is to have faith in me than not to have faith. Because through faith in God, we have victory in life, not defeat. And there's too many people in life that are being defeated by life today. I mean, I'm just going to say here today, this past week, I got rocked. I got a piece of information that I didn't see coming, and it really rocked my world this past week. A gentleman about my age lived right across the street from me out there in Gold Canyon, who I had interaction with almost every day, took his own life. And obviously I've been struggling with what what more could I have said to him? What more could I I have done for him? Did I fail him in some way? God wants to put us on display. But that only comes when we have faith in Him. So faith in God equals victory in life. Faith in God equals foundation for life. Faith in God equals purpose for life. Notice faith in God equals wisdom in life. Notice he says back up in verse 2, For by it, faith, the people of old received God's commendation. And then verse 3, By faith, we understand that the worlds were set in order at God's command so that what is visible has its origin in the invisible. The word understand means to comprehend something and come to a settled conclusion about something. He thinks, do you realize the wisdom that you and I could have if we simply had faith in what God has revealed? You think about even in the history of the world, how people way before they did could have figured out that the world was round rather than flat if they would have just believed the revelation of God. Because God said in his word a long time ago, the world's round. That's the way I created it. But people didn't believe in God, so they were dumb for a lot longer than they had to be. (laughs) Think about what he's saying here. Think about how many people today have an IQ. Now, not many, because that's genius level. But how many people today have an IQ of 140 or greater, which that's considered genius level, and they're still trying to figure out who created the world. I know who created the world. Not because I'm smarter than them, that I have a higher IQ than them, but because God gives us a wisdom That if we'll believe in Him and trust in His Word, that we can have that other people just simply miss. That's why Paul said to the Romans, they profess themselves to be really wise, but they're really fools because they have no faith in God. And therefore, they don't have the wisdom that could come from simply believing the things that God said. No human being was there when God created the world. So all of us have to take God's Word for it. Or either, like many people today, either don't believe in God or just simply dismiss what God says about how the whole world came into being. Keep your finger there. I love this passage. Turn back to the book of Psalms to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Verse, sorry, I know it's a long psalm. 97, I want to begin there. 
Notice what the psalmist says, Psalm 119.97. Oh, how I love your law, God's revelation. All day long I meditate on it. Now notice what happens when he does that. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for I'm always aware of them. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your rules. I am more discerning than those older than I, for I observe your precepts. Notice what he's saying there. He's saying, when you and I have faith in God, and we respond positively to God's revelation, it gives us a wisdom, not again that we can take pride in, but a wisdom to have insight and awareness of things that so many people who may be more intelligent from a human point of view, or have a higher IQ than us, don't get. They're still struggling, struggling to come to the conclusion of who created the world. I've moved beyond that a long time ago. I'm on to other better things. Amen. Not because I'm better. Not because I'm smarter, that's for sure. If you'd have seen my report cards through school, you'd have known that. <laughs> but because God gives us wisdom when we have faith in Him. A wisdom beyond ourselves. A wisdom to know things that only God knows, but he was willing to reveal them to us. So now we know them too if we have faith. One other thing. Back to Hebrews chapter 11. Faith in God equals reward in life. Faith in God equals reward in life. Notice what he says in verse 6 of chapter 11. Now, without faith, it's not only impossible to please God, but the one who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Concentrate on the word rewards. See, even those who profess to know God, many times we live each day as if God really doesn't exist. Even in our brain, we know he does. Because if we really believed he was alive, would we be living the way we are? If we really believed God was alive and taking note of how we lived our lives, would we have even come to church the way we did today and come in the way we did today and engaged with others the way we did today? Or would things have been different if we truly believed God exists and that he takes note of what we do in our lives and rewards us? The author of Hebrews says, when you and I truly have faith in God, it equals reward. And God not only rewards us in this life and blesses us in this life, but more importantly, our faith in Him holds out for the greatest rewards which are yet to come when we leave this life and go to be with Jesus. So that means that it takes the focus off of this earthly life and where we live each day as pilgrims, as sojourners, as strangers in this world and we're just passing through and our primary affection is on the eternity to come. You don't have to keep your finger there in Hebrews 11, but go back with me for just a moment to the Gospel of Matthew again to chapter 5. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. 
Jesus said, blessed are you. And this is what was happening to the recipients of the letter of Hebrews. They were people who were being insulted. They were people who were being persecuted. And Jesus says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. And say all kinds of evil things about you falsely on account of me. He says, rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven. Faith in God equals reward in life and throughout eternity. For he says, they also persecuted the prophets before you in the same way. And then go back all the way to the very last chapter of the Bible, to Revelation chapter 22. The last appearance of Jesus in the Bible, Revelation 22. And some of the last words that Jesus ever says that's recorded in the Bible center around his coming and his reward. Notice Revelation 22, verse 12. Jesus says, look, I am coming soon and my reward is with me to pay each one according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. God calls us to faith. What is faith? Faith is positively responding to God revealing Himself in our life. Whether it's through the witness of His Spirit, whether it's through His Word, however God is revealing Himself, He is calling us to positively respond. Again, faith always demands response. If we sit on our hands or whatever, we're passive about it, then we're not responding. We're letting the opportunity to respond go by. In a sense, we're shrinking back. We're withdrawing. We're retreating. We're stepping back instead of stepping forward. We're giving up. And the author of Hebrews is calling these people back to faith. He is saying to them, I know what you're going through is really difficult and hard. He's not minimizing the trial that they're going through. No one is. I'm here today not to minimize whatever situation you may be going through in your life right now. No way. God is not doing that. But what God is saying is this. He's saying, will you trust me? Will you have faith in my faithfulness in your life? Will you put your confidence not in someone else or something else, but will you put your confidence in me right now? And so these last few moments that we are together this morning, I want to be an affirmation of faith in God for those who need to make that affirmation today. Would you all stand, please? Could we bow in prayer? Lord, I pray today that for anyone who may be losing confidence, losing faith in you, that God today has been an encouragement to continue to believe and trust in you no matter what they are going through right now in their life.
And God, I believe so strongly that we must in some way respond when you reveal yourself to us. That's what faith is. You think of someone like Noah. It would have done Noah or his family no good to have heard that a flood was coming if he didn't get up off of his rear end and go out there for 120 years and work on building the ark. See, faith is responding. He, didn't, he never knew what rain was, what a flood was. But he believed in the Word of God. And he staked his life on it. He staked his eternity, eternity on it. He staked the lives of his family on it. He believed in you, God. And he responded. So, God, I pray today that for any and all here who need in some way to respond to you in faith, to reaffirm their faith in you, that God, they will take this opportunity in the moments to come. Build our faith, God. Strengthen our faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please you. So God, help us to make sure that our faith stays in the now. That it's not a distant faith. It's a now faith. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I usually go off. I'm staying right here today. Because I want to greet some of you if you want to come here and affirm your faith today. And all it has to be is something like, God, whatever is happening right now in my life, I believe in you. Come what may, I am going to rest in your promises. I am going to leave the matters of my life entirely in your hands. That's what I'm affirming today, God. That's what I'm committing to, to do. Again, I don't know what that situation may be. I don't know what those matters in your life may be today. But if God is leading you to come here and make some public affirmation of just, I'm going to seal the deal here today. I'm going to continue to believe in you, God, as we sing this last song. Speaking about the faithfulness of God. Faith in God's faithfulness. Will you come and join me here this morning?